Genesis chapter 32, verse 25. I'll just read one verse in your hearing. Um, and if you have King James Version Bible, just for the sake of uh, unified reading, or you can see it on the screen, let's read it together. Let's do it now. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled. And all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated if you're standing. And I want you to help me preach this message to make sure everyone gets it. It's a question. Ask the person beside you. Ask them, will you always run? Will you always, will you always run? Thank you, Aunt Peggy. There is an acute stress response in the world of psychology. It's a psychological reaction that occurs in response to a perceived harmful threat and attack. It's called fight or flight. And as a matter of fact, there has been an additional terminology added to it. It's called fight, flight, or freeze. So today, I could address the fighters, because some of you are great fighters. I could deal with those who freeze. I'm talking about those who your best way of dealing with it is to escape psychologically, to become numb. But I want to deal with the runners today. Why do you always run? And what is in you that makes you want to run instead of deal, instead of face, <laughs> instead of confront? Well, I can easily tell you what that is. And I don't care how strong any of us in here look, because oftentimes strength for many of us is really just a look. I don't care how academically advanced you are and how financially astute and wealthy you have become we all have fears we are all afraid of something there's something that makes all of us shudder there's something that makes all of us want to want to run there are really many reasons why people run from challenges but the main one is fear fear of what Fear of being hurt. The fear of being rejected. So your mindset is, if I keep my expectations low, then I won't have to risk being disappointed. Only got a few moments left. But we run because we don't want to be hurt again. Why you say again, Bishop? Because many of us were easy to embrace and we had this great expectation and height of ecstasy when we saw the potential of something. But life and life experiences will ride your subconscious that even when you're in a great moment, you'll pull yourself back. Because you have a fear of being disappointed again. If I don't desire acceptance, 
I'll never have to worry about being rejected. And that's no way to live. Don't you realize there's so many people living their head and in their feelings more than they live in this world. As a matter of fact, some of us feel like we've been rejected when the truth is we've never showed up to be rejected. You've never been present with people. You've never given them anything. What was so beautiful for me uh, was on this week, we went to the prayer garden and Elder Crutchfield wanted to surprise his beautiful bride on their 10th wedding anniversary with renewing their vows. Oh man, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. She was like, you could have told me. I could have dressed up and put some makeup on or something. But I'm going to tell y'all something. I sat in that prayer garden and I cried as though someone had died. I cried so much that I was embarrassed because the kids start saying, Bishop is crying. I'm like, mind your business. I mean, they just kept making announcements like everybody couldn't see. Until Ashley started being like, it's okay. Anytime people start telling you it's okay, you're really showing off, right? I mean, I'm glad I wasn't doing the ceremony. Pastor Westgate is one of the best wedding uh, ceremonialists. And he said something so powerful. He says, love is worth the risk. Because some of us have almost become recluse from the potential and almost the desire of love. Mm. Because what if I only experience it for three days just to be disappointed? Well, that's three days you had what you didn't have. Mm. Fear of rejection. Fear of disappointment. And so... So I don't get hurt, it, it becomes easier to run. And some of you don't run because your fear of hurt. Some of you run because the fear of your own self. Some people run and some people fight. And some people have to run from fighting because they are afraid of what they may do. Sometimes people think running was weakness when really running was saving you. How many people's reputation have you saved by keeping your mouth closed? <laughs> and so some of us become afraid of our own reactions, so we run. You better be glad I ran. You better be glad I walked away. You better be glad. Hold on. Strength is not how fast you can run. Strength is how long you can stay and operate in a discipline that you don't need to react. Oh, I'm going to get them towed. Oh, look how bold you are. But how strong are you? Because strong and strength is exemplified in being able to be around those who have trashed your name. 
and look beyond who they are believing they will be somebody better than what they are today and said how are you doing <laughs> it takes a strong person to serve people on the level that is reflective of your character and the character of God and to honor a person based upon who they supposed to be instead of the way they're acting because so many of you feel justified to treat your spouse like you're treating them because of how they have treated you. Many of you feel justified how to disrespect your parents because of how they mishandle you. But I honor my mother and father in the Lord. As a matter of fact, for some of you, and I'm going to say this, and I feel it strong in the Holy Ghost, some of you have a responsibility to honor them into their place. Honor them into their place of honor. Serve them into their place of honor. But Bishop, you don't know what they did. Bishop, you don't know what they said. You don't know. My daddy has not been there for me. My mother has been sometime here. Honor her in such a way to make her want to know the God that will cause you to honor her when she don't deserve it. Honor your husband in such a way that will bring a conviction to him to make him say, I need to do right by my wife. Because that's strength. That's, that's strength. And so some people run because they're fearful of themselves. And then let me be honest with y'all. I'll tell y'all the reason why. Many times I wanted to run. There are many times I wanted to run from this church. I wanted to run from this assignment. I thought you loved God, Bishop. I do. That's why. You wanted to run from us? I thought you loved us. I do. That's why. I had this overwhelming fear of failure. And so, out of my fear of failure, I'm saying, just run. Because you might fail. God had to deliver me. Not from failure. God has not delivered me from failure. He has not. He had to deliver me from the fear of it. Because failure is inevitable. I don't want to get married because I'm, I have a fear of not doing it perfectly. You're not. I'm a fear. I'm fear of being a parent because I may not be perfect at it. You're not. As a matter of fact, that's why you need to give grace to your parents. Because if one day you're going to get a revelation that your parents are actually humans that were assigned to be your parent. I know y'all like to hold up your record as though it's perfect, but until you have walked their path, don't you judge their stance. Lord, Lord I don't want to do this. Not because I don't love you, not because I don't love people, but the truth is, I got to serve a people that are uh, I counsel them in their failures. And I take a cloak of grace and I put it over their mistakes. 
and I hold their secrets and take it to the grave. But if the tables ever turned, I have the understanding that some of them would never have the capacity to cover me. I have to deal with the fear of failure that the same people you love will be the same people if they knew your mistakes, they would say, oh, I can't sit under a preacher like that. You can't sit under a preacher like you. And so you have to, you, this fear of failure says, you got three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but only one got the capacity. Only two got the capacity out of three to cover you. So that fear of failure said, Lord, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail, so let me run. And all God keeps saying, you're going to fail. <laughs> you're trying to save yourself from failing. Ultimately, you're saving yourself from a testimony. You're trying to save yourself from making a mistake. And you're really rescuing yourself from a revelation. You're trying to go over. You're so afraid of failing that you're not in the moment of actually considering that your failure is connected to your success. Don't want to hear nobody testify to me about God's grace if you've never been a recipient of it. Don't want to, I don't want to hear another workshop or class from somebody to tell me how to do it because you don't know how to do it until you failed enough times to know how. You don't look when a baby is trying to walk and they fall. What we do? Oh, it's okay, it's okay. We don't tell them, oh my God. Even if they look like they're gonna cry, we go, hey. And we don't look at that baby and say, well, you know what? You failed, so evidently you're a crawler. You know, you shouldn't have never tried it. Never should have never tried marriage. You should have never tried ministry. You should have never tried to be a believer. That ain't you. Evidently, if you can't do it right, you shouldn't do it at all because you don't want to be a hypocrite. No! You tell that baby, get back up again. Hold on to what you know until you get your balance. I'll hold your hand until you learn how to walk. Although I've never seen you walk, there's a walker on the inside of you. I need you to tell your neighbor and your sister, tell them, even though you have failed more times than you can count, come on, tell them, there's a walker on the inside of you. Stop being afraid of failing because failing is connected to walking. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, the devil desires to have you. I don't want the devil to desire to have me. Can I have a break? When you don't realize the devil desiring to have you is a praise. Because no matter what's going on in your head, if the devil desires to have you, that means he doesn't have you. I need you to tell your neighbor, I'm Satan's desire. 
That's why so much is going on in my life because I'm Satan's desire. That's why he tests me on every way hand he can because I am Satan's desire. It would be a whole lot easier if I would give in to Satan. But the mere fact that I'm trying to do right, the mere fact that I'm trying to follow God, I don't get it right every time. But look at somebody tell him, I'm really trying. I'm really trying to please God and I'm Satan's desire. There must be something to you. Something that you haven't tapped into. You're going through your own insecurities. You're going through your own low self-esteem. You keep telling yourself what you're not. But there's got to be something to you that the mere fact you have become Satan's desire. Satan desires to have you. And he doesn't want you to play with you. He wants you to sift you. As wheat. But, 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 but. I prayed for you. <laughs> if, if Jesus is almighty God in the flesh. And if Jesus says, I prayed for you. See, when we pray, it's always questionable whether God will answer. But if Jesus is God, and if so, if Jesus prayed to God, that means God came in agreement with himself. And God can't come in agreement with himself and things not happen. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, he's already made up his mind about me. When he prayed, if God prays about something, if God prays for something, <laughs> he says I pray for you and listen what he says Ethan this is what he says Shannon he said I pray for you he didn't say that you don't fall that ain't what he said he didn't say Cleo I pray that you don't fall because that would be God praying amiss against God's own will and if God prays against his own will that means God ceases to be God he said I pray that your faith doesn't fail. And he says, when you get converted, in other words, you're going to fall, but my prayer is that you'll have enough faith to recover after you fall. Will you put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and tell him my prayer for you is that you will experience what life looks like and what life feels like on the other side of fear. All right, my time is wrapping up now. Fear. I'm so, I'm so afraid of failing. But sometimes failure actually exposes who are not to go with you to the next level in your life. Hmm. Okay. And then some of us run because we are fearful of being successful. Because with success comes another level of expectation. Can I sustain it? I've experienced so much failure in my life. If I actually become successful, who is that? You'll be surprised how many people operate in self-sabotage. Because they are afraid of actually accomplishing. How many people shrink themselves down to relationships that are below them because they're trying to prove to people that they really haven't changed when it's really a disgrace to what God has done. You run 
because you keep counting what you will possibly lose if you don't run. But today I want you to consider what you will lose if you keep running. What, what do you lose if you keep running? Many of you, because you always run when things get hard, you always run when things become challenging. Are you listening to me, Robert? We always, we who always run. One of the main things you lose is time. You lose time because many of us have to keep rebooting and restarting. Being in school and writing English papers, when it became too complicated, I just run. Run the cookout. <laughs> run the Facebook. And in our running, for some kind of way, the enemy sedates us to make us think that we're going to be somewhere different when we finally come back to it. When we realize that God is so uh, committed to your process, he's not going to allow you to skip steps just because you zoned out. Do you want to go to a doctor who skips steps? Do you want to ride an airplane with somebody who skips steps? God says you are important to other people's destiny. So every time you run, I got to start you right back to where you left off because this is bigger than you. I need you to ask your neighbor a question. Ask him, are you going to always run? What do you lose? You lose relationships. Many of us, because we're always running, we damage relationships. Because there are individuals who believe in us. There are individuals who have been committed to us. There have been individuals who have prayed and encouraged us. And even though they love you, they get tired. They get tired of always pushing us. They get tired of always giving us advice. They're not going to tell you because they love you too much. I'm going to tell you that they keep investing time and resources and their energy into you. For you, every time it gets hard, you walk away with them holding the bag of your vision. And it damages relationships. Your spouse loves you, but at some point you need to stop talking about running. The church loves you, but at some point, every time something gets complicated, we're tired of hearing about you wanting to run. This job is just hard. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to quit. You better not quit until you get another job. Do you think all of us like our job? How many of us have had to work jobs we did not like? Grow up. I'm sorry, I had a moment. It damages relationships. And do you, where's everybody? Ain't nobody got my back. No, we've had your back for 10 years. It damages relationships. It does. And if you keep running, you're going to have a lack of assurance. Because you're going to always have to deal with regret. And many of you right now, you're living right now in the cemetery of past regrets. Oh, you keep running back and forth in your mind. You know, what if I would have stuck it out? What if I would have stayed with it? Many of us, how many degrees would we have had by now? 
And I know what y'all want to say. Well, if God wanted me to have it, he would have it. If God wanted me to do it, he would do it. What? 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 Don't you realize your salvation is on Jesus? But your destiny is connected to you. You are partners with God in your destiny. And many of us, and this is what some of y'all ain't going to like what I'm getting ready to say, and it's okay. I'm right and you're wrong. Listen. Some of you have to realize that God is a promise keeper. But many of us, my God, don't realize some of the things we're walking into are actually promises that were made to our parents. There were some things God says, I made them a promise, but me being a promise keeper, even if they nullified in their lifetime, I fulfill it in their children. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But imagine how far in life our family could be if this generation decides, no, no, we're coming into the land. I'm not going to allow fear. I'm not going to, I'm not going to run and I'm, and I'm passing my time. Yes, I am. I really am. Because my sister said she had made me a plate and I can go over to the house and eat a plate before I go to D.C. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, mama. There's a difference. Listen, now what I'm going to tell you all in here, I don't want you to think I'm saying you never move, right? You never transition. You never leave a job. Some relationships don't come to the end. That's not what I'm saying. There's a difference between leaving and running. There's a difference between um, leaving a job and running from a job. Leaving a relationship and running from someone. There's a difference between cutting something away and tearing something away, right? Leaving deals with soberness. It deals with shalom. It deals with an understanding. It deals with a conversation. Running deals with fear. It deals with dishonor. Mm. Thank y'all so much for being patient today. Jacob was born in a claustrophobic existence. He is sharing the womb with his brother. Give me some room. Give me some space. And many of you have been born in a claustrophobic existence with all of these expectations. You got to be the grandchild that succeed. We want you to be a lawyer. All of these expectations. And it makes you feel claustrophobic. And so there's a wrestle in the belly. There's a wrestle in the womb. And so now they're running for the doorway. Wanting to be the first to come out. Hmm. Esau wins. <laughs> but Jacob manipulates, hallelujah, to get the birthright. But what happens? Because he cheats his brother. You can't say, oh, look, the Lord blessed me with $100 I stole from somebody. <laughs> what does he have to do? He runs. 
He runs because if he doesn't run, Esau is going to kill him. So he runs a damaged relationship. He gets to the house of Laban. And while he's at the house of Laban, he marries Laban's daughters, both of them. Got the wrong one the first time. But he stayed long enough to get what he was promised. I'll preach about that another Sunday. But when it became complicated between him and his father-in-law, you know what he did? He ran. Didn't even realize he had drug a false idol God with him. Because that's what happens when you run. You don't realize how much stuff you're taking with you. Bible said that he was so nervous because he had ran from his brother. He didn't know how it was going to be. So what he does, he sends half of the family ahead of him. And then here in this chapter, Genesis chapter 32, the Bible says he was left alone. And this is why some of us always run because we don't want to deal with confrontation. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor if you're going to ever get better, you got to confront your demons. I know you want to rebuke everybody else's demons, but if you're going to ever come into a healthy place, if you're going to ever start healing, you got to confront your own demons. You got to confront the stuff that you keep running from. Because at some point, Jacob, you had an issue with Esau. Then you had an issue with Laban. You have an issue with this one. You have an issue with that one. And at some point, you got to deal with the fact that it actually just may be you. What's in you that every time it gets hard, you want to run? The Bible says he was left alone. And when you're left alone, who can you blame? When you're left alone, and how many have ever been in a season where God dealt with you? And he started bringing things to the surface. You start seeing things differently. And that's why we don't want to do it. Because then we may consider that, that it ain't everybody else. It just may be me. I ain't saying everybody else was perfect in it. But then my question is, what did I add to it? What, what is it that I've never learned from my past experiences that God keeps making me repeat this grade? You know, when I was going to school, that it would be time to go to the first or second grade. And if somebody talked to you later, you're like, yes, see, I was supposed to really be in the second grade, but my mama held me back. They always say their mama because it was a conversation between the teacher and the parent. And the teacher says, well, they're still struggling on their reading level. Now, I can still pass him, but he still may not have everything he needs, the fundamentals to understand the next grade. And so I just wanted to talk to you. And then a parent says, you know what? The success of my child in the long run means more to me than a temporary crossover to something they're not ready for. Ooh, I need you to praise God because he held you back. It wasn't punishment. Hallelujah. It was love. I said praise him because he kept you for what you weren't ready for. I said praise him because he protected you from a level that you want posture for. Time is completely over.
he was left alone. He was, come here, Robert, will you? He was left alone by himself. And imagine how much thinking you do when you get by yourself. Anybody, you start hearing your thoughts. And so, because you start hearing your thoughts, you know what you start doing? I don't, I don't want to hear myself. Because I don't want to hear myself. I don't, I don't want to hear myself. I don't want to hear myself. You see, see, see the issue? The issue with social media for me. And I know sometimes people think I'm very strict when it comes to the culture and the standard of our church. I, I may not be as strict as some people think I am. Um, I just believe in standard. And there are certain things that you and your wife may be engaging into that's for you and your wife. Why is it that it seems like it's more about us that's watching than the people that are in the room? So if I say take it off of social media, that does not mean I said you can't engage in it. I'm telling you it ain't for all of us. And I'm trying to figure out if y'all having such a good time and it's clean fun, have clean fun among you. No, but that enemy didn't got in you. There's an underbelly to it. A spirit of rebellion. That's what it is. All right, I'm going to go on. So he's left alone. He doesn't have a cell phone to distract him, right? He's left alone. I'm sorry. A fight that he didn't choose. <laughs> you know what happens? If somebody comes out of nowhere and starts fighting you, now Robert is my son, so he's being nice to me. But if I came up from behind him and started fighting him, you're going to fight. Or you're going to run. All of a sudden, while they're fighting, this man does this touch. One I'm trying to figure out, who is this man that he's wrestling with him, but at the same time while he's wrestling, he's able to knock his joint out of place. The Bible says not with a fight, but with a touch. So it seems like it was almost like a play fight. Like this man, like I could kill you if I really wanted to. But this fight ain't about my victory. This fight is about your purpose. I'm wrestling with you until you come into a revelation of your purpose. I will not let you cross the brook of Jabbok until you get a I will not let you go into another season until you get a revelation of purpose. And what does he touch out of all the places he didn't touch his head? He touched his leg. Fixing it. That you'll never be able to run again. My prayer is that you'll have an experience with God. And if somebody lift up their hands and say, Take the run out of me, take the flight out of me, fix it that if I tried to get away, that I couldn't get away, fix it, oh God, that when I would try to resign and when I would try to quit, my limp reminds me of my experience. Who are you? 
Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. That's who you've been running from. Jacob been running from Jacob. Because the word Jacob means supplant and deceiver. But no longer is your name Jacob. Your name is Israel. I'm making you a prince. I afflicted you to get a revelation of your purpose. It said, Woo! I'm a, can I say this last point? I close, I promise. When he went to, why touch his thigh? Abraham has a promise of nations, right? But he only got a son, Isaac, with no wife. Eliezer has an assignment. Find Isaac a wife because we got to produce a nation. Abraham says, I need you to, Eliezer, I'll make your promise. Eliezer comes while Abraham is sitting and puts his hand under the thigh of the patriarch. Why? Because when you put your hand under the thigh of the patriarch, it's the closest proximity you can get to without perversion to his loins. In other words, he says, this covenant is not just to you. Mm. This covenant is to your seed. So when God afflicted Jacob in his thigh, Every time Jacob limped is a reminder that I'm not just the God of Abraham, Isaac. I am also the God of Jacob. And out of your loins comes the covenant of Israel. And now I'm the God of Asher. And now I'm the God of Benjamin. Now I'm the God of Dan. I'm the God of Ephraim. I'm the God of Manasseh. I'm the God of Gad. I'm the God of Issachar. I'm the God of Judah. I'm the God of Joseph. I wish I had a help here. I'm the God of Zebulon. I'm the God of Israel. So God said, I afflicted you to bring you into purpose. So the question is, will you always? Everyone stand. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction. Thank you.